0: Welcome to the MarTech Podcast.
1: I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss how to unleash the potential of technology intelligence Joining us is Elizabeth Chalosky, who is the CEO of HG Insights, which is a global provider of data-driven insights to 90% of the Fortune 100 B2B tech companies, and it's your go-to-market intelligence provider. These advanced insights in technology intelligence on installation, spend, and contract details paired with cloud product usage, adoption, and spend to provide B2B companies with a better way to analyze markets and target their prospects. And in addition to providing us with our guest today, HG Insights is also a sponsor of the MarTech podcast. And today, Elizabeth and I are going to discuss technology intelligence-based data-driven decision-making. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Elizabeth Cholosky, the CEO of HG Insights. Elizabeth, welcome back to the Martech podcast. Thank you so much, Ben. It's great to be back. The prodigal daughter returns. It's been, I don't know, three, four years, forever. You were one of our earlier sponsors, and we had a great conversation a while ago, basically describing what technology intelligence is when it was a new thing. And a lot of people still don't know about technology intelligence, but it is not necessarily new anymore. Let's start off at the top as a refresher for people who aren't familiar with technology intelligence. Give me the definition in your eyes.
2: It's interesting because technographics has become kind of a standard term out in the industry. HE Insights actually invented that term 13 years ago, and it was narrowly and still is narrowly defined as a technology installation at a company. So it's very much any company in the world what technology it's using at a point in time. We've really, in the time since we coined that phrase or word, we've really expanded in terms of how we view technology intelligence, where technographics is a part of it. But there's so much more. You mentioned contracts. We also have IT spend information. We have near real-time signal data from the internet. We have historical data. So this whole ecosystem around what used to be technographic tech install Has really allowed our customers to solve bigger and bigger problems. So technographics, narrow, technology intelligence, big.
1: My thought was four years ago when you described technology intelligence to me for the first time, I was trying to pretend like I knew what it was, but really I was learning about it from you. Hey, you can unearth what people's stacks are, you can tell what technologies they're using, and that can be useful for, you know, my thought was great, B2B sales. I understand that you're a, Marketo customer, I want you to move to Eloqua or HubSpot. So now I know how long your contract has been in place and there's all sorts of intelligence data there. Obviously the use cases have changed over time. Talk to me about the environment for technology intelligence. What are people using it for? How is it applicable to most businesses?
2: So technology intelligence now is used all the way from the C-suite in corporate development all the way through to individual sales and marketing teams, no matter what they're doing. They're doing strategy, they're doing execution of a campaign, they're doing competitive takeouts. And in between that, you have product management and others that now have embraced what technology intelligence can do for their problem solving and are incorporating that in their decision-making. And it comes from, as I started out, this broadening of what you can wrap technology installation data with to solve those bigger problems.
1: So give me some of the use cases where technology intelligence being a more broad term than technographics, there is lead generation and that signal that somebody is using a certain platform. What are some of the teams within a larger organization where this data is useful, whether it's in real time or historical?
2: Yeah, one of the big ones and one of the main drivers is since we've got IT spend information worldwide, we actually just released a report that's the 2003 IT spend analysis, reaching over and looking at the copy on my desk. And it's equivalent to what you would get from the other research houses where you can look at IT spend globally and then you can look at it on regions and then by categories of technology. So because we've got the broader budget information, as well as installs, as well as contracts and historical information, we can get really accurate with market sizes and shapes and then break that down into what are the regions. And in that region, who are the companies that are growing or not growing? Using or not using a certain technology. And then all the way down to, and we'll talk about this later, all the way down to the people within the companies that are actually responsible for that. So you can imagine that kind of IT research information that's based on objective information, because remember from when we talked before, we're we're all about mining free-form documents that are publicly available and are objective, not subjective. So if you can imagine having a report on IT spend in any way you want to shape it or slice and dice it, It can be used for, let's say, market planning for the next year to allocate budgets within a big corporation. Okay, I'm going to take a look at the market segments and where we're growing, where we're not growing, where there are other segments that are growing, and then use that report to really make some pretty strategic decisions for the company.
1: Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. What's going through my head is I worked as a consultant at a SEO platform a million years ago. And one of the things that their organization morphed into, they had the biggest collection of search data not owned by Google in the world at the time. And they were trying to format that data to be useful for people to understand how they were going to rank. And it turned out a big part of the business was not just helping people understand how to improve their SEO, but understanding the market. It seems like there's a very similar opportunity with technology intelligence, as you mentioned, not just to understand, well, who's using what technology, but what's the status of the organization Off the top of my head, I can think that, well, a company that's onboarding new technology might be hiring. They might be looking for different roles. They might be going into different markets. What are some of the things that you've seen putting together your macro intelligence that you think are interesting about the technology landscape as it exists today?
2: So one of the things that you can pull out of this big set of data that we have is exactly what you just said. You can take a a look at a region or worldwide and compare the vendors. And I'll just use the cloud vendors, the three big ones. So AWS and GPC from Google and Azure from Microsoft. And you can, in that region, see who's got the biggest market share and who's trending up, who's trending down. And with our data, you can drive that down to an account level. So say I'm selling into um, Coca-Cola and I'm GPC, I can see whether they're trending up with AWS or they're starting to look at Azure or whether I'm making inroads with it. That kind of intelligence can factor into a major decision at a big company to fund growth in that region that they're looking at double the account team or take the account team out because there's no more white space left. But that granularity of going all the way from summarized market view all the way down to what's happening in an individual company with we've got install, we've got contract, we've got spend data, we've got intent data. Putting that all together is what gives you that really rich picture.
1: Now, I think for most marketers that are listening to this podcast, they're understanding that there is a different data source, understanding technology intelligence, maybe not something they're thinking about. How are marketers using technology intelligence? What are the primary use cases for the people listening to this podcast?
2: A very, very typical one on the market for a marketer is just a competitive campaign, right? So you want to do a competitive takeout campaign in a region, and you can, as I said, find out the trend, That, but then find out the companies that you want to target. You know, somebody's not going to move off of what they've got. You're wasting your money and your accounts time really going after that. And you can identify the white space in another company that would make it more lucrative.
1: I guess the big question I have for when you're talking about intent, you mentioned that there's some intent data, not just that a brand or a company is using a competitive product, but that they might be open to changing their relationship, looking at new services. How are you figuring out who actually has intent? What do those signals look like?
2: First of all, and all marketers know this, there's tens of intent providers out there. And we have intent that's contextualized with the technology intelligence. So at the very technical baseline level, it's bitstream data, it's not cookied. So it's a long-term viable, intense signal. And it's from what people are looking at on in the internet, what sites they're visiting and what they're reading. So that all that goes into these billions of signals that are coming in. But what we do with that to differentiate and make it more usable for a marketer is we can tell whether a company's researching a project or whether maybe they're learning about a product they already have, learning about an area that they might get into or on the cusp of buying because they might already have little pockets of this in their company. We've got all that signal to overlay on top of intent data and tell you whether it's just noisy and research or whether really somebody's in a buying mode. And we do that with the technology intel that we've
1: got. You know, often marketers think about the data sources they have access to as, like you said, a way to try to figure out who they should be marketing to. They're trying to figure out what their targeting is. And in reality, the data sources that we have, mostly when it's something as broad as a technology stack, SEO landscape and search terms, they can tell us so much more, not about the individual accounts that we're targeting, but the regions, the markets, what are some of the competitive players actually doing? There is a deeper type of analysis that you can do using things like technology intelligence data to make more data-driven decisions, not just in your go-to-market, but in your strategy and your research as well. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Elizabeth Cholosky, the CEO of HG Insights. Join us again tomorrow when Elizabeth and I continue our conversation talking about displacing competitors through product launches. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Elizabeth, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile on our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter where her handle is E That's E-C-H-O-L-A-W-S-K-Y. Or you can visit her company's website, which is HGinsights.com. That's H-G-I-N-S-I-G-H-T-S.com.